Welcome to the Hoodoo and Chill Podcast, the number one hoodoo and spirituality-based podcast bringing awareness to African-American spirituality and a wide range of thought-provoking topics. I am Papa Seer, your host, your narrator, and your storyteller. Before the show begins, make sure you're subscribed or following the show so you don't miss out on any episodes. And as always, donations of love keep our podcast alive and give us the ability to upgrade the show, enhance our content, and most importantly, do what we love. You can use any link in the description to send your donation of love today. Now, let's start the show. Good evening and grand rising. We are here with another episode of the Who Do and Chill podcast. I am Papa Seer, your host, your narrator, and your interviewer for the night. It is Wisdom Wednesdays, one of my favorite times to podcast. And why is that? It gives us an opportunity to delve outside of the realm of just magic. An opportunity is for us to come and fellowship, learn something, expand our minds, and most importantly, gain wisdom. Identity and lineage can be a tricky subject matter. Many of us hail from lineages or ways of life and religions that we are often forced or doctrined into from birth. But what happens when identity is the focus and lineage is no longer matters? What happens when we break from our roots to find our true path? Today's show is going to be a story and a very, very intriguing interview to say the least. Today I have here with me Artemis Moonchild, also known as the Hoodoo Mermaid on Instagram. And when I tell you all that are listening that this story really intrigued me, we haven't had a guest on the show in a while, so I'm excited for today. Because this story and just getting to know Artemis and just the content of today's subject matter, I think it's going to enlighten a lot of you. And what today's story brings to you is something different on the table not your typical oh i'm a sixth generation hoodoo i'm a fifth generation this and all of that no this is a story where someone actually finds their true calling someone who grows up in a very very beautiful and powerful religion but like i said before identity takes the focus so without further ado i'm going to be quiet and i'm going to and let artemis introduce himself wow that was a really haunting and inviting introduction i am of course the hoodoo mermaid and i am a an eclectic practitioner one would say or by seer's definition a spiritist myself i practice in the arts of conjuring hoodoo but I also practice other arts such as witchcraft as well. I am a devotee of the Dark Mother in many of her incarnations. Some of them you know through mainstream, like Santa Muerte. I am a devotee of Hecate as well, too. I love the idea of Wisdom Wednesdays. It really is going to be part of the discussion. I know it. I can feel it. 
of how similar we are because in my practice, this is Witchy Wednesday. Wednesdays are dedicated to witches and today is a beautiful full moon. And I can only, my only intentions tonight is for the moon to illuminate on wisdom and a much more different world than some people are used to. I love it. And where we are, we are so glad to have you here. I'm so happy to see that even um, a few of your Wiccan or brothers and sisters in the craft of witchcraft, they are here with us and just sending their love. So I'm happy to see that. So let's not waste any time, Artemis. Let's go ahead and get right into this because this interview is going to be a little bit controversial, especially from the hoodoo community. Um, there is so much negativity as it surrounds the word witch, right? But then when you throw in to be a black witch on top of a male, I mean, wow, it's like a triple whammy. I want to talk about that today, just even just how you identify as a witch or how that makes you feel or just even some of the experiences that you've gone through as it relates to that. But let's first get to know Artemis. So why don't you talk to the audience, our fellow Hoodoo and Chill family, and just let us know a little bit about your story of discovery into your craft of witchcraft. And not to give away too much, you all, I just want to let you all know that Artemis is actually a product of Haitian Vodou, and this is the culture from which he hails. So please stick around because this story is going to be very intriguing. And Artemis, you now have the floor. The Hoodoo and Chill podcast will return after this short ad break. Why make another major decision without knowing the outcome beforehand? Would you like to know where your relationship is headed or what the future holds in store for you? My name is Papa Seer and I want to assist you in making all the right decisions so that you, yes you, may live your best life. Are you seeking a new career? Does your love life need insight? Or maybe you want to connect with your ancestors or past loved ones. The realm of divination holds all the answers to your fortune. Allow me to use some of my abilities, bone reading, cardamancy, tarot, and mediumship to uncover the answers to your future. Go to hoodooconjurerootwork.com under classes and services to book your appointment today. Your spirit guides are waiting to speak with you. That's hoodooconjurerootwork.com to uncover your destiny today. I have been called many things over the years. Psychic, seer. I've been called things in um, other tongues as well, too. Because people like Spanish people will immediately call me uh, either a immediate brujo or a, or a culendera um, potential. And then I have people calling me a angel on earth. I'm just like, and all these are very flattering things. Um, compliments, mantles, how you guys perceive me as very flattering. But the one that only resonates me was witch. And it really started out when I was younger. It's kind of, it's, kind of funny because it's like i am in a realm full of mysterious monsters and practitioners i mean haiti itself is a magical dimension when you walk into that grounds science does not exist not the science that you know gods and monsters walk right beside you 
and people take notice. That's relevant, right? Growing up around that, because, you know, this is where you come from. You you grew up around magic. So it, you, it wasn't that you weren't unaware. You got to America and you saw a different version of something. So did that stimulate something in you towards your pull to witchcraft? Or like, how did that even conflict with some of the traditions and the things that you had grew up with? For me, if the word witch were to come in negatively, it's only because of the church. It's only because of the church. Otherwise, from what I understood growing up, it was all magic. But here's the plot twist. Here's the plot twist. Here's the plot twist, you guys. What what resonated with me the most about how my life has been was, if you guys watch it, American Horror Story, Season 3 Coven, when Queenie, a black girl witch, when Queenie literally said that did not know they were black witches until she discovered that she was an heir to Tituba and that she herself was a black witch. And I, and I thought to myself, it's like, wait a minute, that makes sense. I did not know I was, what I was doing was actually magic because all I saw being represented was the Eurocentric version of magic, sparkles coming out of fingers. It was in your culture, basically. So you grew up in a situation, well, it's not a situation, but you grew your way of life basically was this wasn't magic. This was just what we did, right? Exactly. Can we, okay, so for me, I think this is where the synchronicity of hoodoo comes in because I think a lot of us, for us, it's the same way, right? A lot mm-hmm. of the things that we did, we just, it, we just did them. So it really wasn't considered this sparks flying out of your fingers version of magic until you see tv okay so this walks me into my next question for you and here we go i told you i was gonna turn up the heat so Uh when you started getting into witchcraft and just finding your journey there did you feel as though you were turning your back or neglecting your roots in haitian voodoo no Actually, here's the thing about that. And this goes actually far, 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 far deeper into a place where the trauma was. Because there is trauma among bridging my Haitian culture, my um, Haitian magics with the magics I was learning in um, witchcraft. You know, I back then rejected a lot of my culture. I rejected everything. I didn't want nothing to do with it. Why is that, though? Why would you reject a culture that you grew up in? I want to hear about that. I was born in darkness. Legit chaos. It was in the midst of a voodoo war, one would describe it. Explain it. it. When I was born, I had been a subject of many darker workings, many ailments that have happened to me that descended upon me. And then growing up and... um realizing that there were people with negative intentions, unsafe intentions. And once again, I did not bridge what I did being born, well, not what I did, what I'm raised under as magic. It was just, once again, it's the culture. You know what I'm saying? I don't even think a lot of people understood just how impactful that statement was. Um, Because as I always say, I think a lot of times voodoo, hoodoo in a lot of um, African American or just ATRs, they are fetishized. And people don't realize that in some of these traditions, even in hoodoo, you can pass on certain things to your children, especially when they are unborn. 
just dependent upon the workings that you're doing or the spirits that you're working with. And see, this is something that people don't talk about a lot. And to just even hear you say that, you know, when we talked the first time that triggered something in me, I was like, wow. But anyway, back to what you were saying, you were growing up in the midst of basically a spiritual war. Yeah, and it was it was not one of those cute little online wars that we usually uh, that we be seeing nowadays. No, this was like a, it was a lot of blood, a lot of nightmares, a lot of psychic attacks. So I was exposed to that dark side, and I did not want to be associated with that dark side. And on top of that, also toxic masculinity. Being growing up as a two spirited gay man, feminine gay man. I was also exposed to that as well, too. So the spiritual trauma, the growing up trauma, it was just trauma all around. Like it was being passed out like an Oprah me, you know? So, but the one thing that kept me close to my, um, that kept me close to my culture was my grandmother. I love my grandmother more than anything. And she lived in a cute little house in Haiti. She was my protectress and she was also the one that always made me feel good. So I stayed close to the culture because I wanted to stay close to her. But overall, I was just exposed to nothing but the darkness. And you felt ostracized. I mean, let's be honest. You felt ostracized because I can only imagine, you know, in, in for many of the people I think that are listening, their first experience with voodoo has either been one or the other, where it's been uh, something very commercial, which is, which is truthfully most of our experience with it, or it's been presented to them from a book perspective in this very love and light kind of way, which a lot of it is, but a lot of people do not want to open up about the nitty gritty truths about our traditions, hoodoo included as well. The Hoodoo and Chill podcast will return after this short ad break. Hey family, I'm so sorry to stop the show, but it is me, Papa Seer, your host, your narrator, and your storyteller of the Who Do and Chill podcast. I couldn't go any further without inviting each and every last one of you to join the official HCR Gold Academy. If you're looking to expand your practice, if you're looking to join and be initiated into the Hoodoo practice, or if you're looking for family, friends to help grow you on your spiritual journey sign up we want you we're looking for you what i've done is i've extended our open enrollment period until the end of january so you have until january 31st to sign up and join our family don't worry about any classes that you've missed i'm gonna set you up with a big brother or big sister who's gonna get you up to speed also please don't forget on january the 21st we are having our very first midnight ritual, invoking your spirit, guys. And let me tell you, I'm so excited about this. This is going to be a ritual class dedicated to all of you who are interested in invoking your guardian angels, your spirit guides, or just learning more about that process. This is going to be a phenomenal class, a ritual style class. I need you to come dressed in all white. Be in a meditative, quiet space because we're going to go into ritual together, okay? If you're looking forward to this, if you're interested, if you want to sign up and be a part of our school and our family, or even if you just want to come to class, go to hoodooconjurerootwork.com, click classes and services. You can register there. 
If you want to join our family and be a part of our school, go to the join page and guess what? You can register there. I'll leave a link in the podcast description for all of you guys to sign up. I look forward to seeing you at class and I look forward to seeing you in school. Now, back to the show. Just getting this interview started with Artemis Moonchild, a.k.a. the Hoodoo Mermaid. And he is now explaining to us just his life story growing up in Haiti, growing up as not only a child, but a product of his religion, um, of his inherited religion of voodoo. And just speaking on some of the traumas that he's experienced to just, you know, witnessing a spiritual war, we are now going into the aspect of the toxic masculinity and patriarchy that was associated with some of the things that he saw. So Artemis, back to you but yes you guys hello welcome in um, that said yeah i was exposed to a lot of darkness but the, the weird thing about it is and i was a very intuitive child so there were a lot of things i i peeped at a young age and i guess that's how people just knew i was going to be like the next magical practitioner in the family because i just started one of my red flags is knowing things before you tell me about them like i was just always that psychic and i realized that i've always thought I'm not, cause I'm not gonna like judge, especially voodoo itself. I never wanted to judge voodoo and see only the dark side. I always understood there was a good side and there was a dark side. When I was end up being exposed to the light side of voodoo, I'm talking the healing. I'm talking the doves. I'm talking the colorful loas. The, I'm, I'm talking all that, that beautiful spiritual mass. I realized that it wasn't just, it wasn't voodoo. It was the people. I, at a young age, believed that voodoo was an extremely beautiful and powerful religion, but people took it into a dark place. And I, that I understood and was exposed to greed, jealousy, dark evil eye. And I'm just like, at 10 years old, I'm just like, we can't have nothing nice because you mean to tell me, and then, and this is when I became mature enough to understand some of my family secrets. You know, it's funny that you say that just because, you know, living in Miami, one thing that I've noticed is that if you do talk to a lot of people that are of Haitian descent or even just from the Caribbean period, because we do know that, you know, voodoo isn't only in Haiti, a lot of them steer very far from it. And I arbitrate that just to growing up in something and knowing the truth seeing it for what it really is not downing any of our religions but we have to have an understanding that this is not for everyone and that we should not be out here trying to evangelize you know traditional african-american religions or you know african religions caribbean religions because that's not what they're for it's it's a calling to this path or not i want to now talk about your initiation into is it wicca or is it witchcraft or is it both or if you could just explain how we got initiated or what came about or what made you even realize that this is where you were supposed to be uh i'll tell you this i was once a proud wiccan once upon a time but child i can't call myself that anymore i I just can't and a lot of the reasons why is because of how i was raised Wicca is really big on making sure it's harm to none. Being born in the war, I'm not afraid to hurt people. So that being said, I was like, okay, I can't really aspire to that commandment entirely. So though I love Wicca and everything, I couldn't align myself to their commandments, to their doctrine. 
you know, a lot of people don't even realize that Wicca is a religion. They think it's just the magic. And I'm glad that you broke that down, that it is very much a religion based on nature and not doing any harm to any part of nature. And we do know that with our traditions, I wouldn't really necessarily call it harm if you're doing it correctly, you know, but we do have our own sacrificial rights and, you know, it is what it is. Yes, exactly. And, and, and it's funny you mentioned about, like, you mentioned, like, you know, sacrificial practices, you know, and regarding, like, you know, animal. But, and, but what I was actually even referring to is, like, in the sense of um, regarding other people. Because sometimes a good reversal, depending on what, um, what, that, what that opponent has done to you, can knock them on their ass. Versus a Wiccan reversal, it always ends with the spell saying harm to none. See, I didn't even know that. See, now we're talking some stuff. I didn't even know that. that. <laughs> See, that's why I'm not a Wiccan. Like, and it's crazy because I've read some Wiccan things and, you know, have gotten some information and I can respect it, but that, but you know, I didn't know that. Not that I'm out here trying to harm people, but at the same time, right. we have to, <laughs> if we have to assert, assert our protection, we have to do what we have to do. And if so, it hurts you, it hurts you. It, I, I totally agree. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, how did you get initiated into, well, let's say witchcraft then? How did now, that come about? Now, that came about, interestingly enough, even to even, that actually finishes up what I spoke about my in, as my last answer to the last question regarding how I rejected the culture. It's not fun at all. So I rejected it altogether because if you're not going to accept all part of me, I'm not going to accept you. And a lot of how we are raised, a lot of how our parents are, believe it or not, in my experience, reflects the gods they worship. So I didn't want anything to do with the Loas if they're going to act and reject me the same way that my parents did. Wow. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about that. And, you know, I'm, I really am sorry just for your experiences. And thank you for being so open enough to share them with us. But, you know, I've had a lot of people in my space and in my group just tell me a lot of horrific things that they've dealt with in the church or even just from their parents who ne- who were Christians and I would arbitrate a lot of the reason why people come to occultic faiths are because of things that they have dealt with in their, you know, their childhood with their parents. And you made a very good point on how you look at the actions of your parents in relation to their religion. And that is very profound. And I think a lot of us for those of us that want to pass on our gifts in these traditions and to keep them alive, we have to first show ourselves accountable as parents, as leaders, as mentors, whether you have children or not. Because if your kids look at your life and it's in shambles, but then they see you over there worshiping this, who doing that, but your life is in shambles, which arbitrates to their life being in shambles. The first thing that they're going to do when they get out of your house and from under your thumb is reject every single gift, tradition, knowledge that you bestowed upon them. And we talk about keeping the traditions alive, you know, about doing hoodoo correctly. No, we keep the traditions alive by showing ourselves accountable. By making ourselves, you know, being an example to that, I want to keep this tradition alive because look at what it did for my mother. Look at what it did for my grandmother. Artemis, thank you for saying that. And I did want to put my foot on next for just a second because that was, you know, that was good. 
Yes, of course. Thank you. And I, and everything that you said really just reflects and gave more clarification as to why I decided to become a witch. And more importantly, why the first god I consciously started working with was the ancient goddess of witches, Hecate, the dark. Can mother. we hear more about her? Who is Hecate? What is how, you know, how is she venerated? What has she done for you? So she first came to me terrifyingly in the form of of barking dogs in the middle of the night. Some um, legend has that as her hellhounds that walk with her um, as she makes her journey of collecting souls and taking them to the underworld. So you can imagine I was petrified as hell. I was like, what is this going on? I realized when I started was studying the Wiccan religion, there was, um, you guys have heard it, the triple goddess, um, the maiden, the mother, the crone. Going to what you said, Seer, from what I said, a lot how our how our parents treat us kind of reflects the spirits that even that we answer to as well, because I saw Hecate in my grandmother, protective, fierce, but what was a glint of happiness in her eyes? She was a cancer like me, so she was hella emotional, and she adopted all the children, just as Hecate ac- adopted all the outcasts that you meet in the crossroads, the mother of phantoms, the mother of the underworld. She is the one that taught Persephone how to become queen. And so she is the one that will teach you how to grow in power and reign. One thing I've learned, I reached out and you know what they say. Once you uh, start looking at something, that very something will start looking back at you. And I came across like interviews of people saying, Hecate, don't raise weak witches. She's not one to coddle you. She's not one to hold your hands. She's one to see, to sit there, appear in her creepy shadow form, and remind you what you can do deep inside. And she has given me trials that have shook my world several times. As a matter of fact, and this might be even an interesting thing, because I've never mentioned this to anybody, so y'all really getting this. Hecate was the one who actually pushed me into wanting to start practicing my um, practicing hoodoo and conjure. Okay, now explain that. Now that is now that's different. How would you say that Hecate would push you into wanting to practice hoodoo conjure root work? Well, when I started practicing, um, again, I was practicing Wicca, and I was aced at it, but I realized it wasn't my path. Then I went to witchcraft, and I've learned so much about the elements. I've learned so much about the miracles of nature. Um, but it's interesting because in the witchcraft studies of the books that I've accumulated, I haven't seen much talk about working with your ancestors. Not no big importance about working with your ancestors. It's always the elements and it's always the gods that you want to venerate. So I went to the Queen of Witches and I was like, what more things in witchcraft do I feel like I need to learn? And I was like, and I felt I went to New Orleans one time and got my answer in the crossroads where she lies, but also other spirits as well, too, like the man of the crossroads. And I've gotten some pretty amazing treasures there. When I came back to um, when I came back to where I was living at in Florida, I went to my Hecate altar and I began to realize that she, as the queen of phantoms and the queen of the dead, she wanted me to start learning about that other half of me, that recent half, that stronger half, in a sense, um, the half that is very much Haitian. And so I went to Hoodoo because 
the very second chapter of the books I was reading, if not the first chapter, it was a big talk about how important it is to venerate the people who have walked a thousand steps in front of you. So just, okay. So just so I can understand, how does that bring you to hoodoo being that you are from Haiti? Um, you know, hoodoo is very much an African-American tradition. So is this from your ancestors that were from over here or another piece of yourself, just so I can connect the dots with Haiti and hoodoo? I mean, Hecate and hoodoo. Interestingly enough, there is a big similarity between the spiritual practices in Haiti as well as the spiritual practices here in America regarding hoodoo. My mother, she doesn't call it hoodoo, but the techniques she has taught me is very much hoodoo. From what I've Well, I think that's the synchronicity um between most ATRs or traditional African practices or African American mm-hmm. practices, just because a lot of the original peoples, you know, they were a people that did from come from the Congo. So a lot of the application, the way we do things, if you look across the spectrum, you know, of Obia, Palo, um, Wenga in um, Vodou, uh, Hoodoo. And then the way that they do things in New Orleans, because I feel like New Orleans is just a separate entity on its own, right? All of these practices are synchronized in their application. So I am glad that you said that because there are so many people that will argue with me until the sun comes up that this is so different. It's so different. And yes, while all of the, the practices are respected, respectively different in you know their theology their rules, their regulations, we all meet at a crossroads of synchronicity as it comes to our ancestors and the way that we do things. So I love the fact that you said that I can almost imagine, you know, you learning more about the hoodoo culture and just being so, being, feeling so at home because the practices were very similar or not very far from things that you were already doing in Haiti. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something because what I loved the most about practicing and learning about hoodoo was the flexibility. Now, see, what they, what people don't really understand, and they're beginning to understand now, because now more and more practitioners of voodoo and other initiated religions are really on people's necks saying about this. You can't just immediately create an altar of Izili Freda. You can't really just immediately create and start like meditating with um Ogun, like there is specific channels, specific things that you have to go through if you truly want to start working with the Loa. I like the flexibility um that witchcraft helped me with. And I saw that respectable flexibility in hoodoo. And I saw that respect um that flexibility in how my mom was teaching me traditional family workings. And to add more a little on that as well too. The similarity to synchronicities, it's shocking. Oh my freaking God. Because just like we do, just like we do in American Conjures, she addressed the four corners or addressed the four directions, calling the ancestors from all, um, from like from the compass direction. She uses the cup. Now I noticed that in Haiti, we use the white tin can cup. Meanwhile, in certain regions of Hoodoo, I'm not going to say all of Hoodoo, but in certain regions, I know 
Um, I think Louisiana or, or Alabama, y'all like using the glass cups. So what do you say to people that say that the traditions of Wicca and witchcraft were stolen from the people of Africa and from the indigenous peoples of America? Because there are some people in the Hoodoo culture specifically who really do not like witchcraft. They stand against it 100%. And even one of my mentors is very much like that and will and and stands on you know their on their ground that everything that is correlated with European Wicca or witchcraft is derivative from practices that were taken from the Congo, from the Yoruba people, from the people of East Africa, um, all the way down to the southern tip. So what, as well as the practices stolen from the Caribbean and the Americas as well. So what do you say to that? That is actually a very interesting question. I know all of that to be true, honestly. But the weird thing is, is that I don't focus on it. I don't think about it. You know, not in the sense of like, you know, I'm not. Well, do you believe that is true? I do believe it's true. Absolutely. But Hmm. it's like the best way to really answer that is like, I have no feelings on it in a sense. Like, I don't feel the rage. I understand the history. I'm not really focused on that because especially when it comes to practicing witchcraft and Wicca, it was really heavy on me finding my inner self. It was heavy on me healing my trauma. That So it, in a sense, I was using that power that relied in witchcraft and Wicca, mostly witchcraft, to really understand more of myself in a different lens besides the bloodline I was born in and what was expected of me. So yes, I do understand the history of the stolen magics. I understand um, all that regarding what um, what colonization have done to us. Everyone has a valid feel, um, valid way to feel how they feel, especially your mentor. But I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on more healing that deep inner trauma of mine. Well, I used to fight with her on it because I feel like I don't believe that to be 100% true personally. I think that you know, I'm a big history buff, so I study a lot of history and just where things, you know, oh, derive from. Time. You got hella books. Yes. So for me, I don't believe that everything in witchcraft and Wicca was taken. Um, I do believe that, you know, the Europeans, the original Europeans had their own magic, had their own way of doing things. And it was, and it was their way before they ever saw or even, you know, knew that there were black people that existed, you know? Once upon a time, you know, people were isolated from one another. That that that's a fact. Has some things have things been taken? Yes, but I also think too that a lot of things have been synchronized as well. Um, you know, the slave trade was not just Africans being brought over here. There were Irish people, there were cunning folk, people that were brought over here with their own traditions from Europe that they did intermingle with the natives, with the Africans. And this is truly how we have this beautiful gumbo, which is hoodoo or and the synchronicity that you see in almost every single ATR. There is some type of form of synchronicity there. So I'm not a person that truly believes that 100%. I believe some things were taken, but I also believe that the Europeans had a lot of which is their own. It just it just came from their own people. Now, this walks us into our next question, which is really good, too. 
I want to talk about the identity or just like the identification of just being called a witch and just being black because there are so many workings, rituals, prayers to ward off or even fight against witchcraft, right? Why do you think that is? And is there a difference between good witchcraft and bad witchcraft or, or, or are they just like a beautiful balance? I can't say there is a difference. I get the best way to answer even that last part of that question of is all the intent of the practitioner. Because in the day, the same way you can use one herb for blessings, um, that uh, that herb, that same herb can be very universal. It can also be used for hexing as well, too. Almost all ATRs, right? There are so many workings and rituals and prayers that specifically ward off mm. or fight against. And they literally use the term witchcraft. I remember. Okay. What is your thought on that? Hell yeah, I got something to say about this. Okay, I believe a lot of that, you know, I fight against witches or I have spells against witches, all that stuff. A lot of that is just language that we get from the church, I believe. Don't don't get me wrong, there there have been some, you know, you know, negative term of the word witch in indigenous cultures as well too, especially if you go into um like the Appalachian the Appalachian legends. First and foremost, it would be hypocritical of me to say, to be offended if someone said they had, you know, workings and spells against witchcraft, because I also do have workings and spells against witchcraft. Because in the end of the day, I do believe there are some people who take witchcraft to a dark place, just as I have seen there are people who took voodoo into a dark place. In the end of the day, there's people, and they can take it to a place of healing, and they can take it to a place of darkness. And I have workings, and I have my own personal rituals, and I have people to go to, to counter against all of that. And so, which brings in back to what you said about like the second part of that question regarding is there good and bad witchcraft is the intent of the person. Then there are the spells that are pretty intense, you know, like some healing spells, some healing rituals, especially in witchcraft do involve animalistic, um, um, like the older sectors of the occult, which is who do practice these rituals do involve. Oh, oh yeah. The real ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah exactly. The pagans, so the real ones. The this might be a little triggering but you know it's all love here right i'm just i'm just trying to i guess my heart is going out to you right now because it's like listening to your story i'm like okay here we have someone who is so gifted and i appreciate you being on the podcast you guys this is artemis first time on a professional podcast doing an interview and i'm so proud of him right now you know (laughs) I, i really am you know so i'm listening to you just share your story with the world right now shout out to us being listened to in 92 countries and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, here we have someone who had to literally take a step away from his roots in Haitian Vodou due to not only just not everything being in alignment with your spirit, because, you know, we had our own personal conversation and you said, no, I'm, I'm very much, you know, I still work with my loas. I still love them. However, you know, I prefer a community space. You know, and that was one of the things that I really loved about our conversation earlier, because a lot of people on the Internet specifically, they always present voodoo as this solitary practice. And I know that it can be done that way in the New Orleans form of voodoo. But when we talk about Haitian voodoo, I've only ever seen it practiced in a group communal setting. And this is just coming from living in a place that's not even a whole three, four, five hundred miles from Haiti. Seriously. So 
I always question it when people tell me they're doing Haitian will do and they're and they're by themselves. Not saying that you can't service your altars by yourselves, but the majority of the rituals that I've seen, it's always communal. My question is, right, you had to take a step away from your traditions because of ostracism due to the patriarchy, the homophobia, the spiritual homophobia. Let's just talk about it today. Mm-hmm. But then, but then you come over into the space of combining European inspired spiritism with African American traditional religion. And in this space, that same ostracism that you faced in Haiti, it's here too. Mm. That same set of rules is it's even here too, believe it or not. And and hoodoo has this flexibility now because the practice has evolved, thank God. But once upon a time, you cannot practice hoodoo unless you were initiated. You are not a, a real hoodoo worker unless you had a lineage behind you and left the gifts were passed down from you. And in certain places, you cannot be considered a authentic worker unless you were born with the calling on you. So you're in a space even now where you calling yourself a witch and to be black at that, people are still going to ostracize you in this space as well. I look up to you in a way because it's like you're still standing on your own two feet and you're still standing in your own truth and you're not allowing the opinions of other people to steer you or stop your practice. I mean, I like your Instagram. You have some very beautiful rituals. You have your own business going on. You have clients, you have students, godchildren, the whole nine. So, you know, what do you say to that? Because honestly, you you came to a space where that same ostracism that you faced in Haiti, it's right here too. What I love the most about witchcraft, what made me feel so invited, made me so at home with witchcraft that I have not got it because of the dark spaces I was born in, especially with the homophobia. God, the witchcraft is heavily divine mother base. I want to know your thoughts on the black witch movement. And, you know, just me being a leader in spirituality, I've come across a lot of specifically black females more so um, who stand on their journey into Wicca or witchcraft with pride. And a lot of them even denounce or detest, you know, ATRs or even just traditional African-American religions because of the patriarchy that they've experienced, whether it be in, and I'm not going to call out any specific practices because I don't want to do that today. But I think too, we also have to take into account that there are are a lot of women who've experienced trauma in men, specifically gay men in our practices as well, who turn away from it and do turn to witchcraft um, just because of like what artists miss, you know, elaborated on just the freedom and the comfortability and just the, I guess the nurturing nature of goddess worship. So what are your personal comments or thoughts on what I would like to call the black witch movement? Now, see, I love what I love about that is that the first thing that came to me was something a dear old twin would say, you know, shout out to Chandler Hang, um, that black people are not a monolith. That that was like his 
theme quote for like an entire scene one time. And I'm just like, yeah, it, that, that, those words came to me just now to even answer that question. Um, about my comments on the Black Witch, on the Black Witch movement. And at the end of the day, just because we are Black and melanated, it doesn't mean we are required to enter into these ATR traditions. I know those same people who most likely possibly have a strong bloodline or even anointed in, um, in, uh, in a, in hoodoo, but they don't even like want anything to do with that. They're practicing, um, they're practicing pagans, pagan witches, the people that I know, Black folks. So it's like, with that said, I think it comes from that quote, Black people are not monolith. Like, we don't win. Um, if it doesn't resonate with us, we don't have to go into it. I know people who are Black Druids. I know people who um, have, like, you know, African-American ancestry, but feel called to Hinduism. I think deeper, like, to even find an understanding about that, in my own perspective, from what I know, our ancestors were travelers. We have ancestors, like... From the beginning of time, they were on top of them being travelers, we don't know what packs they've made with certain spirits, deities, maybe even lands from other, like from outside of you know what we know as Africa. I want to say thank you so much for just coming up here and uh, being so open. Do you have any closing statements, anything that you want to say? Where can we find you? What's your website? Anything that you want to push really quickly before we close out? My closing, my my closing conclusion to say really, you guys, is do not be afraid to be your full authentic self. It's your life. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and give you guys my little closing statements and my closing spew on this. I think this was just an amazing opportunity for us to learn something new um, about one of our fellow brothers and sisters in spirit and just offer them the time and opportunity to just shed some light on their experiences. And I think it's important for us to hear the stories of the new founders and also the new voices of these religions and traditions you know just as much as we give respect to our elders and our ancients you also need to give some respect to those who are pushing these traditions and building them up now and creating spaces for you and sharing their experiences with you and teaching and doing the learning and doing the groundwork now in their youth you know because the same way they're sitting in front of you now young and you know as a budding practitioner 10 20 30 years from now these are going to be your new ancients these are going to be your new elders these are going to be your new gurus and spirit who have been doing the work since they were young so whenever one of our fellow brothers and sisters has an opportunity to share their experiences with you. I think you would only behoove you to sit down and listen because a lot of what they're going through, I guarantee one of you listening right now, you've experienced the same thing. Now, myself, I do not identify with the term, which I'm actually one of those people that kind of fight to eradicate being associated with witchcraft when it comes to the hoodoo conjure and root work tradition. Only because our traditions are religion. We do have magical workings in them, but it is not the same thing or the religion as Wicca or witchcraft. And we have to have those respective differences, not to down one or say one is greater than the other, but to just respect the differences and also the preferences of the practitioner. I say to each of you all, I'm going to just repeat what Artemis said, that this is your life. You know, all I can offer you all is just 
advice and a blueprint to help elevate your spirituality. But at the end of the day, you have to make your own choices and you have to align yourself with a practice, with mentors, with godparents in spaces that feel right to you. No one says that you have to practice hoodoo just because you come from a family that does. No one says that you have to be a Christian because that's your parents' religion. You know, you have to find what works for you. And the best thing about that right now, in this moment, we are in a new age of emergence. You know, spirits are talking to who they want to talk to. And they're pulling us where we need to be. Not where we think we should be, but where you need to be. Where you're going to get your best blessings. Where you're going to elevate the most. Where your voice and your magic is going to go the farthest. So I say to each of you. Do some reflection work. Are you happy in your practice? Does your ancestral altar feel like love or a burden to you? Are the taboos of your religion more strenuous than happy for you? One thing I can say about Artemis throughout this entire interview is I can hear the love and the happiness in his voice. And I would like to hear the same thing in some of you. I want each of you to remember that you are strong, you are powerful, you come from the best of the best and it doesn't matter what lineage you derive from, you still come from the best of the best. Your bloodline is divine. You were created perfectly, perfectly my people. I bless your hands as you go out today, as you close out this evening or if you are waking up with me, I bless your hands, I bless your feet, may that you go in the right places that you need to go. May everything that you touch materialize as if it were gold as if you yourself were blessed with the Midas touch and with that my people I release you into the atmosphere thanks for listening to the hoodoo and chill podcast be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts leave us a five-star rating and let us know how much you enjoyed the show as always Donations of love keep our podcast alive and give us the ability to enhance our content. Please use one of the donation links in the description to send a donation of love today. And we'll see you on the next episode of Hoodoo and Chill.